My name is David, and this is Validating Input, a new podcast from Paradigm Consulting, where we talk about the values, processes, interests, and the tech that supports us. I work as a developer in Calgary, building projects with Ruby on Rails and React. And my name is Abdullah, and I'm based out of Regina. I focus more on the front end of our projects. At Paradigm, we employ fully remote teams that leverage our unique skills and trusted technology. We help you find the right solution, not just our solution. Today, we're talking to Kat in Westboro, Massachusetts, about our experiments with Buddy Chats and how she has grown as a dev at Paradigm. Welcome to the podcast, Kat. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and how you came to work at Paradigm? Thank you so much. Hi, David. Hi, Abdullah. As mentioned, my name is Kat, and I currently live in Massachusetts. I'm Filipino. I was born and raised in the Philippines. My background is I graduated with a bachelor's degree in computer science, but I actually did not specialize about anything. And so when I graduated, I'm like, I didn't know what to do with my degree initially. But some friends, they were all applying for game development jobs. And so I thought I should too. (laughs) And so my first job was at a game development company. I didn't really create games. My role was mostly to like port games from one platform to another. For instance, like uh, from a game from the iPod or I- iPad to a, like a Nintendo platform, something like that. After that, I applied to volunteer at the Baha'i World Center in Haifa, Israel. And uh, most of my software development experience actually comes from there. I was there for five years. So the, the things that I did there, well, of course, uh, software development and uh, <laughs> and some support. Technologies we used over there were mostly Microsoft technologies, C Sharp, VB. But I'm sure that the, the developers there now have uh, updated <laughs> our tech stack. And then I got married in Haifa, Israel, and then I moved to the U.S., and then um, originally my our plan was that I don't work. We were thinking of me serving full-time in the community. Uh, as a Baha'i, we have a few service activities that we offered to the community. But that didn't work out because it was difficult to find a job. And so I uh, I knew that Kevin also served at the World Center and he was he's the founder of Paradigm. And so I asked if if he, I could interview for a job at Paradem. And so in, when, when I started Paradem, that's when I learned um, Ruby on Rails. And, and so, yeah, I guess that's a little bit about my background. That's actually uh, pretty cool. I didn't know that you did uh, the game development porting stuff. Um, what languages were you using there? Oh, my. I don't even remember now. So the, the thing is... I actually had a hard time with game development. First of all, I didn't have a, lo- a strong math background, and there was a lot of um, um, vector math in in gaming, <laughs> in game development. I learned as, as like I didn't. I only spent like a year in game development industry, and so I didn't really learn as much coming out from university and going straight to game development. Um, it was a bit tough because, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't specialize with anything. But I enjoyed it. 
I was able to successfully deploy a game, a golf game, <laughs> on a PSP. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Yes, <laughs> I still, I still have still... my trusty PSP. <laughs> I don't have my. It's an amazing. Thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was kind of neat, and then I I went into um, porting a zombie game from the iPad into the Nintendo DS, and so the the challenge there was so with the iPad you have a lot of um, storage and memory, but with the Nintendo DS you have you're constrained, and so there's a lot of um, bit operations in in the Nintendo environment develop, development environment which i wasn't familiar with to be honest and so i thought maybe this is not for me <laughs> it's pretty cool that our industry is diverse enough that if you don't find the right fit right away you you still have room to kind of search and and um, see if there's something that actually fits you as a as a developer and as a person better than maybe what your first pick might have been yeah, there's definitely room to move. Just because you don't, you're not um, up to date or familiar with a particular set of technology. As long as you know the basics, it's uh, oftentimes it's more about syntax and vocabulary than it is like the actual concepts. Yeah, and I think just the experience of working with different kinds of teams and different methodologies is useful, even if you're not using it on a daily basis or in a specific circumstance. Um, it's nice to have that experience. Yeah, I agree. By experience with the game develop, well, at least with my team at the game development company, I didn't have a lot of accompaniment. And so when I, when I volunteered at the World Center and here now in Paradem, I was, it was, it was different because it was easy to ask questions and, you know, you could always ask help from anyone. And so that's kind of cool. Yeah. So when you came on with Paradigm, you were more of a junior developer. And I know there's at least one, if not more than one project that you're kind of heading up on your own, that you're the, the go-to person for that. How has that growth been? And what have you learned? Well, I am glad that actually Paradigm trusts me with these projects. So I've worked with Kevin for three years and so I think he, he kind of knows how I work. Um, but I guess the challenge was that it was in Ruby on Rails, which I only learned when I joined Paradigm. And so now I find myself being pulled into different projects. And um, sometimes it's hard to understand what's going on. But now the time that I have to learn about the project, has it kind of lessened from if I had started, if I had many projects at the beginning of my employment in Paradigm. I feel a little bit more confident in accepting the tasks from different projects, even if I'm not like the point person for that. And in terms of the, the project that I am working on, um, I think it works out really well because also with that project, before it was given to me, We've already established good relationship with the clients that we are working with. And so they already implicitly trust Paradem uh, with, with the work that we needed to do. And um, I still refer back to, for instance, uh, Kevin, if, if there's some stuff about business or project management stuff. 
But there are a few things now that I do myself, like for instance, I make sure that there's enough work for the month. I, sh I make sure that everything that we've deployed for the week or the month are all okay. And just in general, just chat with a, with a client to see, you know, just to, if they have any general feedback from, from anything that we've uh, delivered to them at a certain time period. <laughs> So you're a little bit more independent than some of the other teams. Like you get to choose how you manage your time a bit more, I think. How do you find having that sort of responsibility as to how to budget your time and, and what to spend where and make those commitments to clients? What's been helpful for me is that every other week I chat with Kevin about the priorities of different projects because he has, he has that overall view of where you know each project is and um, I update him with everything that I have on my plate and then he helps me prioritize them so that's how I actually manage my time so if I if I have one task that's more important than the other then of course I do I do that first and then just go through um, one by one sometimes it doesn't work sometimes there's just like uh, requests that are, you know, you don't expect to happen. And so it kind of, what do you call that? It throws me off a little bit because also the context switching is it's a bit hard. But uh, so far, it's been good. I think as long as um, I I am on top of everything that I have to do for, for a week or for a month, then I'm able to work uh, on my tasks uh, just one by one and, you know, make sure that I deliver all of them. You mentioned the context switching. Do you switch between different projects every day or you like do a couple days for this project? How does that work in your, you know, like day-to-day -day schedule working on so many different projects? Yeah. So when when I was a bit more systematic with my time because there were there were projects that were really ongoing because some of the projects that I have right now are they're right now on the maintenance mode. And so there's not a lot of development now. And so before I would have, you know, Monday and Tuesday, I would spend time for this specific project. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then I do the others. It also depends on, like, because there's not always a task for me in each project. And so the way, if I did have all of, like, three different projects at once, then I would say, you know, Monday, Tuesday for this, Wednesday for this one, and Thursday, Friday for this one. But that requires a little bit more of planning on my end. And that kind of lessens the the context switching. There are times, though, that you do receive, like, messages from Slack. You know, the project can just stop, you know, just to wait for me. <laughs> yeah, and you, it requires your attention almost immediately, yeah. right? Do we want to take some time and talk about uh, buddy chats a little bit? Um, I know that's one of the first things you and I worked together on um, when I joined the company. And being remote kind of makes it a little more difficult to connect with everybody else because you have to be intentional. Yeah, I remember I remember this. Kevin just out of the blue emailed us. <laughs> Do you remember this, uh, David? It's just like, why don't you guys start this? <laughs> 
one thing that we wanted to address with the body chats is the the sense of belongingness in a company as we as we mentioned before like each of us have different project teams and you know most most of us really don't talk to each other on a daily basis or even in a monthly basis <laughs> so um so the idea of of body chats uh came up and um so let's let me see <laughs> i wrote a few things so when we started the body chats uh david and i <laughs> tried to create a structure for it um we decided to maybe let's try this uh host and guest format where one of the pair one of the persons in the pair is the host and the other is the guest so the host is basically the one that uh schedules the body chat and then the guest is the person who is interested to know something more about their host. Is that right David if I remember it correctly? Yeah, I think so. That was the the first one that we did. And and it was mostly because a lot of us hadn't spent a significant amount of time just to get to know each other. So we're everybody was kind of green and we're all in different places and and you know not even knowing each other's life situations. David and I also kind of like dumped like different types of questions, like icebreaker questions, uh, personal questions maybe, or like non-related, non-work-related, uh, work-related questions, work-related questions, and also maybe just stuff that like, you know, somebody had watched at that talk or things like that that people could start talking about because we, we actually haven't, when we started it, I don't, think we've seen each other in person <laughs> before no yeah. definitely like because david you had just started too yeah i think i'd only been around for like six months or so and yeah. still hadn't connected with half the team right just because we're working on different stuff yeah because of the buddy chat that was the first time you and i spoke seems so, so long ago yeah <laughs> yeah I remember I was paired with David and I'm like, oh my, we're going to talk about body chats, but I don't really know him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're both, actually, I think all three of us are fairly introverted people at mm. that. And Kat's very introverted. Yes. <laughs> I am very quiet. Yeah. As you can see, I forgot my words <laughs> earlier. But I think just having that space to, to spend a little bit of time with each person on the team, I think we basically went through like maybe twice with everybody yeah i i think there's a few people that i was paired up with that i think i just i I missed just because of schedules and i think we were giving ourselves a week between them if, if i remember correctly we had a week to organize yeah we didn't have... we didn't want to make it too much but to to have it somewhat regular so and right. so that people could schedule it for what worked with them right and we did it again, was it a year or two ago? I think it was, it was earlier last year, I think. It was early last year. We sent out a survey, I think, like in, in the, like at the time when all of us had already spoken to each other, I think, just to see if it's actually working and to just get feedback from, from different people. And I think it was, it was really, I think it was well received. I think people liked uh, the body chats. Some things came out of the body chat, or maybe I am assuming that it did, but um, <laughs> like the uh, there were there were suggestions of a book club or just to reflect together. So I think those two things happened. <laughs> I, I think we're at a, a spot too where 
we need to explore that again, either doing buddy chats or a, a book club where everybody kind of connects around a, a common purpose. Because we do have a few more people on the team now. And in order to connect with, with everybody and, and to be part of the group, right? So like when when we stopped the body chat, I attribute it mostly to me because I'm the organizer. And I think I think I was away for for like a month and so no one was sending out the reminder emails. And so I think like if we if we do try it again, there needs to be a little bit more ownership in the process and everyone just has to think that, you know, this is part of our work. It's actually fun to get to know <laughs> Our colleagues, whom we don't work with on a you know daily basis, so that would be interesting to see. Yeah, well, I I don't know. Maybe we could ask if there's interest again and see if if it would work better this time. <laughs> I think that's part of the the point of doing the podcast is is having an kind of an offline way for everybody to get to know each other a little bit and to to have casual conversations. And so we don't want to be like super formal in all these, but it's just a leveraging it as a way to get to know each other and to, to have a, a common project together. I think it's just been a really good tool for us to use to to connect to each other. And it's not necessarily, you know, we have to do buddy chats or this needs to be a, a permanent thing. But I think using it as a, a occasional tool, especially when we're onboarding new people, just to get to know people and make those connections. Yeah, and and it really helps, especially when we're sort of siloed off often into separate projects. We're not a hundred percent clear on everybody's skill sets or what people like and how how people are. So if if we're stuck on something, it may well be that the problem that I have, David can fix within like five minutes. But because I haven't spent much time getting to know David. I don't know that I can ask him that, right? Right, yeah. Having that little piece of knowledge about, you know, somebody's been working on something similar or has this experience that I should even ask the question. Right, exactly. So I think I think it's, uh, like you're saying, it's one of those things that we should try to kind of bring back every once in a while or just keep keeping people's mindsets that this is something that you can do, you know? Like, it's perfectly fine to... S- just spend 15 minutes, half an hour catching up with a colleague at some point in the week. We get, like you start on a Monday, you look at your list and you're like, oh, I got these hundreds of things I need to get done. And you try and do your best until knock off on Friday. It'd be nice to know that you can kind of break it up or just be reminded. Yeah, everything, like your value isn't simply limited to what you can produce for the company either, right? It, right. It's because you actually care about the people you work with. Particularly being so, you know, everyone's remote, like there isn't those instances where you can just pop your head into somebody's uh, cubicle and just be like, hey, how was your weekend, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't have those opportunities just to go for lunch or to just visit, right? So I think one of the other questions we had, Kat, is um, since working at Paradigm, you've kind of traveled a bit. You've uh, moved around and found a new home. And I mean, I guess that's one of the advantages of working remotely. That's really helped sort of your your situation. Yeah. So yeah, when I when I thought about this question, I was thinking, well, the the only effect really was that when I had to move, I had to take 
a big chunk of time off because I have to pack stuff and move stuff. And so the effect is that all the work that I need to do is passed on to somebody. But in terms of like getting to know, I didn't have to get to know new people because we're all remote and you are all there. <laughs> and then the other thing that I thought about was the, the time zone. Before I was uh, in PST, Pacific time. And so I was, so by the time everyone, so I end the day last, essentially. Although in practice, it's not true. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am in the West uh, before, but now moving to the East, I'm more or less, uh, we're all, uh, our times overlap more or less. <laughs> and so if I, at the end of the day, I have a question, then I could bother David or I could bother Kevin and Abdullah <laughs> if I have any questions because they're not done yet. <laughs> but I am about to, I am about to be done. And so that's, that's really neat. Uh, that's really helpful to be ahead <laughs> uh, of the time zone because I have more people to ask questions if at the end of the day I get stuck. <laughs> the joys of living in the future? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then the other thing is that just also in in my own personal relationships, I guess, moving a lot is a bit hard. And because also my work is remote, um, I don't... You meet people through work, I think. <laughs> Sometimes it's that way. Like, especially for someone who is introverted like me, I rarely go out and, you know, meet people on the street. <laughs> you guys aren't going out clubbing at night? <laughs> I don't like crowded places, the thing. <laughs> and so, well, that's one thing about moving. And so I think the next steps in, in my, you know, personal life is to just find somewhere. We both like and live there for, for a while. <laughs> yeah, it can be a bit of a hard prospect at times, though. It's good, though. It's, I guess it's one of the, that's, that's, the big advantage of working remotely, right? You, you've got your work, you've got your job sorted out, you've got your income figured out. You just have to find a place where you're happy to live. And like it no longer, those things no longer all have to be in one package. So it's nice. So, I mean, it gives, uh, your, your husband a bit more of an opportunity as well to, to go where he, he might be able to find work. Is he, is he gonna, join the remote world anytime soon. <laughs> He's hoping. The ultimate uh, dream is to go to Philippines maybe and earn US dollars, but you know, it's a <laughs> it's probably not a fair thing, but <laughs> live somewhere warm and cheap. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's a little bit of a change as well, yeah, like from the Philippines to yeah, Massachusetts yes. isn't exactly tropical. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, and I think you might actually get more snow than we get. Um, I know Saskatchewan's pretty heavy, but I think Massachusetts, being on the coast, you get even more than than we would in Saskatchewan. Yeah, like we get we get a few dumps, but oftentimes it, it, it like there's the small amounts that we get consistently tend to actually also melt. But I think you guys probably just get it and keep it <laughs> in here in massachusetts or in calgary 
Well, in in Calgary, we're just above freezing right now, so it, it's actually yeah. okay. Well, my experience living here for little than less than six months, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's what what is it right now? It's like in it's nineteen degrees. It's nice. <laughs> it's oh, wow. really nice. So that's probably like wow, a climate change thing. But but we didn't get a lot of <laughs> snow this year. But you know, I've been in the East Coast for almost three years, I think. Sometimes I find myself, ooh, it's not too cold when it's like four degrees. <laughs> like, <laughs> but when summer comes, I'll be so happy. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, thanks, Kat, for taking some time with us to chat today. And thank you, our listeners, and joining us as we continue to grow, become better developers, and add purpose to the things we build and the relationships we cultivate. Thank you, guys.